Hey everybody, I'm Lori Rudiman. Welcome back to Punk Rock HR. My guest today is Yulia Kudina. She's the VP of People at Reface, and she's also based in Kyiv, which is the capital of Ukraine. You can't turn on the internet these days without hearing an update from Ukraine and how the war is going. And a year into it, Yulia asked, if she could come on Punk Rock HR and just talk about life as a human resources professional during wartime. In our conversation today, I think you'll find a brave, interesting, courageous woman who is also trying to live an ordinary life under extraordinary circumstances. I really appreciate Yulia reaching out. And one of the things I'd like to encourage you to do is to connect with her on LinkedIn to say that you heard the podcast and to infuse her life with interesting ideas, things you're working on, topics you find interesting. After all, the point of living is to learn and grow. And that's how you do more than survive. That's how you thrive. So if you're interested in hearing a story about a woman who's doing the best she can in human resources and doing a great job in the Ukraine, well, sit back and enjoy this conversation with Yulia Kudina on this week's Punk Rock HR. Hi, Yulia. Welcome to the podcast. Hi, Laurie. Thanks for having me. Oh, my goodness. It's my pleasure. Before we get started, why don't you do me and everyone else who's listening the honor of telling us who you are and where you're joining us from today? Hi, guys. My name is Yulia Kudina, and I am talking to Laurie now, sitting in Kyiv, the capital of Ukraine. Today was a good day. It was quite calm in the capital, and I generally had a nice day in the office of Reface, where I currently work. You know, Yulia, I'm so pleased to talk to you because you reached out and you said, I have a story and I work in human resources in Ukraine and we've been going through a lot lately and I would like to tell it and I'm not sure how to tell it. And I invited you on the podcast to get this process started. So I would like to hear about what it's like to work in human resources in Ukraine during a war, during a pandemic, like there are a lot of things going on in the world. But I want to know what your life was like before the war. What was that like? It was calm and peaceful and I didn't appreciate that enough. It's always like that when you lose something, you understand that your life was really perfect at that time. And I enjoy being in HR. This is my passion. So work hasn't been really easy uh, as of COVID hit, but that you're well aware of, I'm sure. But generally it's been just fine. We moved on to hybrid format, many businesses in Ukraine. It was not a problem any longer. We didn't wear that much of masks anymore. So yeah, we all started kind of having a normal life in a way Yeah, and hoped for the better. Yeah. You knew that tensions had been rising for the past decade with Russia and their reach into your country and their totally bogus claim on your territory. And there had been wars in the past decade with Russia, right? They came in, they invaded your land, and yet you made a normal life in the capital and you went about conducting business. And, you know, I think of Ukraine being a very international country. So were you expecting war to be very real on February 24th, 2022. 
I was among those people who believed in the better and I couldn't grasp that this can be it, a full-scale war in the 21st century in the middle of Europe. So I was on the positive side, definitely. But there were news and people talked about such a possibility starting autumn of 2021. So we talked about the bags that needs to be packed. If anything happens, you need to be ready to leave to flee, whatever. And as a business, we were preparing, of course, because especially in winter, it was getting tough and tougher. So we talked to the team, we had lectures on what to expect, uh, on what can happen. We had psychological sessions like about anxiety, how to live and work with anxiety. So we did those homework steps, but I don't think that any of us really thought that it can happen. You did prepare. I mean, that's very interesting because most of us didn't prepare for COVID. We didn't prepare for the pandemic. And when it happened, we were surprised. So you prepared for a potential invasion and an ongoing war. Do you feel like the preparation you did was effective looking back? Do you feel like it was, I don't know, even what you needed? No, 100% no, because we prepared, for example, everything was stored on a company level in the cloud. So the entity was safe. So the work that we were doing was safe. Just to, to describe a little bit more, uh, like Reface has a couple of products that works with AI and ML magic. So we are most famous for the app that is swapping people's faces in videos and pictures and movie clips and so on. So all the data, all the models, it's being stored in the server in the US. In a way, we were safe and secure in that way. But if we talk about people, most of uh, Refations, most of our team uh, were located in Ukraine on the 24th of February. And I don't know whether it's obvious for the listeners, but when it's a full-scale war, it's like the government says that no one and no men are allowed to leave the borders until it's the end of the war. So I think that the window of opportunity to leave the country for men, it was like 10 hours maybe since the start at 4 a.m. So it was really half of the day. And of course, if you are in Kiev physically and Ukraine is a big country, it will take you around 10 hours to get to the border. And you can only imagine how crazy the situation on the border was because there were millions literally millions of people fleeing Ukraine. So people feel kind of like COVID because you cannot leave the country. But on the other side, you can also be mobilized and go to war, go to fight. And of course, not everyone is prepared for that, neither physically nor emotionally. Do you think you had any understanding of the challenge between choosing between being a worker and being a citizen. I mean, that's kind of what you were just mentioning, this tension between wanting to flee to preserve the status quo, to preserve your family, to continue working, but also this desire to stay and fight and be proud of your country and be involved in the battle. Did you have any understanding of how that would play out? Well, I can say for myself only, because, you know, I'm also in a position where I can leave Ukraine as many times and come back as many times as I want. So, which I actually did over this year. So I did uh, leave for two months in spring 
Then I came back and then again I had my vacation. So I had this opportunity actually to live and to live without air alarms, to live with electricity, not like at certain times, but all the time, you know, and with stable internet connection. So my brain could relax a little bit over this time. But yeah, at the beginning it felt a little bit like COVID because you're like trapped. You cannot freely move outside Ukraine. I still don't want to move to some other country and I've been talking a lot about it with my friends with the family who really want me to go for some time to some other country and I'm not gonna fight I'm not a fighter I don't have military background or anything but I just uh, love it in Kiev that's my home and uh, like at the moment I have everything I need to work to continue my life I have my friends here so I don't understand the reasons uh, for moving though of course there are nuances. <laughs> <laughs> I have two questions. I want to know what Kiev is like as a city. What is it like? And also, what's your life like there today? What are you doing? How do you spend your time? So it's like normal, Lori. You, you won't believe it. I have my workouts before office. Then I can go to office or work from home if I have electricity there. Then after work hours, I meet with my friends. But uh, the thing is that usually the restaurants close at night. Not so long ago, I was uh, in the Netherlands and we went out and uh, we could be out till 11. And I was like, oh, wow. <laughs> wow, I don't need to go home at nine. <laughs> Can you describe what your city looks and feels like? You know, every city has a soul, a style of architecture. What is Kiev like? So it's active and full of people now. So three-fourths of the city are already back. And we're talking about like, I don't know, four million officially are back. So yeah, it's like there are traffic jams, which gives so much life. Are people walking their dogs in parks? Everything, everything. Yeah, even during air alarm. So like today, for example, there was only one air alarm during the day and uh, I was out and I saw people walking their dogs literally and just moving around. So for example, if you happen to be in Kiev now, just at this moment, you won't understand that there is war in Ukraine only until you hear the air alarm or you hear the explosions. So it's like the life on the edge was this war because businesses try their best to survive like small and medium businesses like restaurants, cafes and small companies. But there are days that are better and there are bad days, of course. And I would imagine just like during the pandemic, during COVID, there's a lot of cognitive dissonance. You know, people are trying to pretend like things are normal and yet you have the trauma, even if it's not firsthand, it's with your extended family or your friends people who've lost people. So you're constantly aware that you're one decision away from having an inviting tragedy into your own life, whether it's from a bomb or from somebody sneezing on you with the pandemic, right? So I would imagine your workforce must be feeling exhausted. Well, you tell me, how's your workforce feel? You're 100% correct. And after a year of this state of mind, I feel the same, you know. I remember last spring, LinkedIn suggested me a course on resilience. And I was laughing out loud because like resilience is not the skill I can listen about from some other people at the no, moment. No, I think you, you know? could teach that at this point. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So of course, everyone is super tired and many people didn't take days off last year because it's all mixed. You know, you work a lot. And for me personally and for my colleagues, work is a coping mechanism because 
it's something stable in your life. You have this routine, you have your stand-ups, you have your planning, your retrospectives, you know the roadmap of the projects and so on. So you know that on Monday you will meet with your team and it's some kind of stability. And I realized that, yeah, it's super hard, especially working with many people and having a lot of conversations and connections uh, at work. But then I cannot imagine my life without it because otherwise it will be just tragedy. So mostly tragedy. And uh, we do go out, uh, we do try to live our normal lives. But of course, it's not normal. It's not the normal that we need or want. So yeah, a lot of focus is uh, like on my team, for example, on extra care for the team generally. But you know, this uh, line between how much is not much also because we are not psychologists here. That is a very relevant questions for every HR. How far can you go? And so that not to hurt because we are not experts. I think about some of the lessons we learned during COVID and during the pandemic, you know, here in the United States and in Western Europe. And we learned that we fix work in human resources by fixing ourselves first. And that if we're not happy and healthy in human resources, there's no way that other people can be happy and healthy. But I wonder how how realistic that is when you're living during wartime. I mean, you, you're doing the best you can in perpetuity. You don't know when this is going to end. So how do you feel? How are you holding up? I mean, you mentioned early in the conversation that you're still doing some of your same routine, but truly, can you do this for another couple of years? That is a tough question about a couple of years, but uh, I do live and I do understand there is no clear end. So there was a moment when I realized that if I don't stick up to my my routine and to what makes me happy like for example workouts the meditation i don't know journaling whatever keeps you sane then you definitely cannot help other people that's like it and i really think that my team and fellow hrs that i talk to and i'm close with in ukraine we are all superheroes in a way because in a way it is similar to COVID times because it's something that you don't know what to do. Yeah, so we learn on the go. There is no one who can come up and say, Yula, this is the best way to do. So we just research on the way, we try, we are flexible, then we switch the patterns and so on. It really helps to talk to other people and, uh, you know, to like ask for opinions. But then at the end of the day, you are here to make the decisions. Yeah. And who knows better than you at this point? You're the boots on the ground. You're in the trenches. You know, I was just thinking like during COVID, we thought everybody would be upset about the pandemic and people were upset about the pandemic. But they also brought in their childhood tragedies and their traumas and their broken relationships with their parents. And they hated their coworkers and they were jealous of somebody's merit increase. Like there were still all the day in, day out issues that existed before the pandemic that HR still had to deal with. And you were like, really, you're making a big deal out of the fact that you don't like the way this person eats their food. <laughs> you know, like you don't like the way that they show up on a, a Zoom call. Right. But it was important still. Do you find that struggle still exists? Because it's easy to say you're being petty. But on the other hand, these are legitimate concerns. So do you feel that tension yourself and in your workforce at all? Are you dealing with that? Friendly. I was happy when at the end of spring last year, we started receiving such concerns and questions <laughs> because it meant that we are 
nailing it. We are back to normal, (laughs) whatever the normal is. But uh, when I was thinking about what I want to share, yeah, when I was preparing for our podcast filming, I just uh, realized that the full-scale war started on the 24th of February. And on the 1st of March, we had an onboarding for a new person. And it did happen, Lori. So my colleague who is responsible for onboarding, Tanya, she made the call and the person was in a safe place. So they texted at first, are you okay? Yes, I'm okay. Let's get in touch. So the person started on the 1st of March. That was crazy, you know, because <laughs> like most of the people were broken and they had the right to be broken and not think about work. And I think that we just have a purpose, like in HR, we always have the special cause. And that's what what made us don't stop. We couldn't allow ourselves to stop and uh, to wait for some better times. We just continued and this routine, it did help us in the end. As you continue your job in human resources, you mentioned that it feels good to talk to other people. It feels good to seek feedback. Are you talking to other human resources professionals in Ukraine? Do you have a community internationally? Do you want that? Like, What's your goal in connecting with human resources and what energizes you and what's helpful? We do talk a lot with the HR community in Ukraine. We have the great place for HRs. It's called People First Club, which was born in Ukraine and it's only growing now and this is the place like to seek support from your colleagues and no one outside HR can understand how it is. I can talk to my friend who is a developer and to my partner who is a product manager. They also work in IT but they don't have this pressure right that we have. So only talking to the people from your same community, I find it helpful. Yeah, I think this is very important. And I have a great team at Reface. So we talk a lot. We have the space to discuss any concerns or anything that worries us. Then there is the local community in Ukraine. And also there were a couple of meetings from the international community. For example, Dave Ulrich, he had a lecture for Ukrainian HRs and Joe Burson. It was really, really cool. I'm not surprised that Dave Ulrich and Josh Burson are out there talking internationally. I just think there is a community of human resources leaders who are trying to do great HR work in Palestine, in Jerusalem, in Mexico, in you know different areas on the African continent where there's conflict. And what I really am curious about from you and your perspective is how helpful it would be to have a community of HR professionals who operate under wartime because war is a constant on on this planet and yet so is capitalism work needs to get done that is true and frankly last year was about survival it was really a survival mode and at the beginning of this year when we got in touch i could feel some fresh air in my work and it was when you answered immediately to my email it was like oh wow this is important and someone wants to hear about it more and like as i told you before i know that people want to because i have a couple of colleagues from other European countries and they were reaching out and asking but you won't do it over a LinkedIn message you know you this is a story <laughs> like that could be a great thing so if there is a way to connect with the leaders who face the same troubles it can be totally interesting because especially if we are talking about longer situation if it's like not one year 
until we go to a normal peaceful life and come on it won't be normal at once it will take time and it will be a new normal so there will be other challenges you know i'm also curious about this notion that human resources professionals are supposed to be neutral and stay out of politics at least that is a trope a line that we hear a lot in the united states and canada even in you know western europe keep politics out of work and yet you're the living embodiment of someone who's dealing with politics at work so have you heard people say that and how do you feel about that when you hear it from me I can understand what you mean and I am not the person to talk about who is a better president for Ukraine you know or whether what's in normal life in the peaceful times I'm definitely not the one to discuss it at work and I usually don't but at the moment we as a company have a very strong Ukrainian position and a number of things has been done to show this position starting from how we you know from the banners in our products for millions and millions of people around the world from stopping business in Russia and for donating to the Ukrainian army and so on so it's a strong position i totally support it and if on the 24th of february i was working in a company that didn't have this position i wouldn't be still there for sure because as a patriot and i am in kiev <laughs> you know i decided to stay when i could leave and like there are many other people who did so i can't imagine not being political in this specific situation so my position like on Instagram I can totally post stories about what I think about our neighboring country I don't feel bad about it I think I have the right as a Ukrainian citizen to share my thoughts and since it's supported by the business that I work at it's a perfect match we had the employer branding community meeting in Ukraine and it was so clear that now people in Ukraine they tend to choose companies whose position is clear and transparent and this Ukrainian and like it's super patriotic people want to donate people want to volunteer people want to have bad projects with the military companies and so on to help Ukraine so we don't do it for the branding purpose but it does help with employer branding god that's so interesting when i think of Ukraine and what's happening in the world in business. I swear to you the last thing I'm thinking about is employer branding. <laughs> you know, and yet life continues. Life goes on. You know, you need benefits, you need employer branding, you need talent attraction strategies. You need to be competitive and steal the best from your competitors, right? So all of that continues. I just wonder what your big goals are for this year work-wise. What are you trying to accomplish this year? Well, I'm happy to say that we have a great business strategy and my function here is to support it. And when it comes for example, for employer branding, it's also important to think about it and not forget about it because we continue hiring. You know, we never stopped hiring last year. Like I would say 25 great Ukrainians joined our company last year. So we still need to be out there telling about uh, like our values, our product. For us, Reface is uh, more of a startup we are not the best with the processes with the structure and let's say last year was as i told you more about surviving and keeping the people places stable which we are super happy we achieved especially with the tech layoffs in the world uh, we continued uh, hiring and i'm proud of us you should be and how about you professionally are you studying for anything are you trying to improve your levels of certification any hr goals for you this year 
because you can't just think about the war all the time. And also you can't think about work about all the time. You have to think about you and learning and growing, right? So what are you doing for you? So this year I'm taking a long half a year course on organizational coaching and it will start in March. That's the topic that I'm interested in and I've never uh, learned. I mean, the general understanding of coaching concept. Okay, that is the topic I think that will help us as a company grow and me personally as a professional grow. And these are the skills that can be used not only at uh, Company X, for example, but in personal life too. Are you into coaching? (laughs) (laughs) Well, I have to say, you know, you talked about the tension between human resources and psychology and how we're not psychologists, but you will move one step closer to having a framework, to having a methodology, to hopefully being a little bit more responsible than a lot of other HR professionals who are winging it. So I love that you're doing that. So that's a six month course. And at the end of that, do you have a certificate of completion? Do you? Yeah, it's a certificate. Uh, Yeah, I will get some kind of certificate, but I'm not really a believer of the help of certificates, so to say. So like I'm more into practical experience, frankly. So you can get so many certifications, but uh, at this point of my career, I understand that it will be more for my ego to get some international certification. And I'm totally fine with that, but I prefer (laughs) some other things when I have free time. I'm laughing because, you know, under any other circumstance, this would be a normal and ordinary conversation with a human resources leader talking about ego and pursuing certification. And is it worth it? Except that you're doing this during wartime and being very brave. And I'm just so appreciative that you took the time to talk to us today. I want to make sure that you leave us with your version of the story or any other important messages that you want us to hear that we didn't cover today. So is there anything else we need to know about what you're doing, what you're experiencing, what you're feeling that would help us to help you or just help us to be more aware as human resources leaders. I really like your idea about connecting to HR professionals who have similar experiences maybe in the past or currently. So if there is anyone listening to this podcast who has ideas and wants to discuss them, I would be super happy. Please reach out. And generally, I'm just, uh, my goal is to share that there is active life in the business community in Ukraine. And we are brave indeed, if you say so. And <laughs> yeah, that you don't think about it every day. But generally, I think we are super brave to stay here and fight for the economy of the country, for the country itself. And I just want people not to forget about what's happening in the middle of Europe these days and uh, like supporting is even spreading the word is a big support. Well, Yulia, it was so amazing for you to come and make time today. We will include all of your contact information in our show notes, but I know you welcome people to connect with you on LinkedIn, correct? Yes, sure. Good, great. Well, thanks again for being a guest today and please be safe. Thank you, Laurie.